Hello, listeners. Welcome to a very special episode of The Complete Guide to Coholint. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm here with Ryan. Hi. Ryan, we got a good one today. I know. This is this is a very good tile. This is tile J14. Yeah. Uh, what's on J14, Ryan? It's Catfish's Maw! It is. We've made it to the Catfish's Maw. Uh, some would say best dungeon in the game. Yeah. Uh, I think... A lot of us would say that. Yeah. Uh, the tile itself uh, is in the middle of Martha's Bay. Uh, sure. In such a way that it's kind of cool how... How do you describe it? Like, you cannot... Because on the Game Boy version of the game, uh, you're divided. the screen is divided up into tiles in such a way that you can't see the next tile over. Mm-hmm. At no point when you're going around the bay are you able to see the dungeon yeah and it ends up kind of being hidden until you get the uh the the flippers to get there yeah and i'm wondering like um i'm pretty sure you can see every tile around there yep. before you get the flippers yep 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 yeah you've complete... so there just ends up being this locus the one purely emptiness. like waterbound tile that is completely inaccessible um which is like clever yes um it is a big catfish face yeah a giant catfish is sticking up out of the water with a bunch of like reefs around it and you have to you cannot access this dungeon until you get the flippers because you have to dive under the reef and do a little side scroll section well you also can't see it without the flippers it's not like you can get there and be like what am i supposed to do and then later find the yeah, yeah, yeah. That lets you dive. Yeah, but like it's comparatively like open and accessible compared to a lot of dungeons. There's no key. There's no weird unlocking mechanism. You don't have to fight a mini boss or anything. It's just there, waiting to be explored. Uh, I've got a note here that says it's the best dungeon. <laughs> yeah, it's the best dungeon. <laughs> uh, is... I had yeah. I'm gonna let you take over for the inside because there's a lot to go through. Well. Let's start out with the music, because it's the first thing you see. It's atonal. It's scary. It's unlike any dungeon music up to this point. Uh, Every other dungeon has had, like, a melody. This is just, like, well, it's atonal and scary. Yeah. It's intimidating. It's intimidating. This whole place is intimidating by the very nature of just walking into a catfish's mouth. And it's just I mean, there are a lot of there are surprisingly many dungeon entrances that are walking into something's mouth. Yeah, but this one is kind of interesting because I think from outside you can get the impression that it's a live catfish that you're walking into. I don't think it's an alive catfish. I don't think so either. But like, if the first time you see it. It could be like. It, it doesn't look like it's carved out of rock. Swimming, swimming up to it, with it, looking at the color version of it. Yeah, I could see that it looks like maybe that's just an NPC I gotta go talk to. Yeah. Um. Is there I want to talk about the shape of the map seen from the dungeon map. It doesn't really resemble anything. I think it's supposed. Like I've read that it's supposed to be an eel. Yeah. It doesn't like. You don't look at that and say, oh, it's an eel. It's not an instantly recognizable shape. Uh, so it, it's like just a kind snake. Of, 
It's like a snake. Kind of a snake. Kind of snakey. And it kind of has a hidden room in the eyeball, which is a thing of dungeon maps. Yes. Um, and so if you if if you use that fact that there's a hidden room there, then you can interpret that as an eyeball, and then you say, oh, I get it. It's supposed to be like a eel snake thing. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but walking around the dungeon, it actually feels like a ruin in a way that... I mean, every dungeon up to this point has had, like, cracked parts. Um, but this feels like you can see the places where things are in better shape, and you can see the places where there's crumbling floors and water damage. The water it's, stuff's cool, yeah. Yeah, I really like how there's just, like, a rivulet of shallow water that flows through the dungeon. Like, well, because you're underwater. Uh, it's not part of the terrain, really. It doesn't affect anything. It's purely set dressing. It's aesthetic, yeah. And so, yeah, you're in a dungeon that is surrounded by water, and there's water flowing through it in a way that is logical. Yeah. Um, the whole thing, just walking around, it's asymmetrical. It's messy. And the other dungeons, like I say, they have ruinous aspects to them but none of them feel as run down as catfish's maw does mm -hmm. yeah i would say so uh this place does not feel like it's open for business um it's got i'm trying to where do we go here there's a couple common themes in the dungeon um and maybe we should just jump to that about the, there's too many bosses in this dungeon. Yeah. Kind of. Sort of. Well, let's get the titles away. Master Salphos is in this dungeon. So Master Salphos is the key component of this dungeon, and it's like the key puzzle element to it. And it's really good. He's so good. It's extremely good. Um, <sighs> I want to do my best to describe it to the listeners. Okay. Uh, when you enter this dungeon, you have to go through a little side area to find a key to progress into the the further deeps of the dungeon. Uh, when you're going in this little side area, you walk into a you can you can walk into a room that is just empty, and there's a big skull pattern on the ground. And so you go, huh? That's weird. There's nothing in here. I wonder why they have this room exists. You go back. You enter deeper into the dungeon. Uh, with the key, and then you run across, soon after, you run across another one of those rooms with a skull, like, relief of tiles on the ground, and then you're approached by this Stalfos dude who leaps down from the ceiling to fight you. Yes. Um, it's a fight that's similar to the other Stalfos in, like, other Zelda games. It's not like the fight itself is no. groundbreaking, but what happens is you beat him in the traditional Stalfos way, which is to stab him and then drop a bomb on him. Mm -hmm. And then he doesn't give up. He runs away. Yeah. Uh, he turns tail and runs. And then you have to chase him around the dungeon and you have to keep fighting him. And you have to figure out that these rooms with the skull on the floor mean that he can show up here. And you have to figure out that the number of rocks in the or blocks in the corners indicates the ordering of the rooms because yep. there's one rock in the first one, and in the the first one you found is the fourth one, right? Yep. So you always run into that fourth one. You can run into that fourth one first, 
not knowing that's what that is, but, but then, then you have to think. You learn throughout the rest of the dungeon that, like, oh, I'm yeah. supposed to find these ones. Where was that one that I saw? Oh, it was back at the beginning of the dungeon. We left, and we left out a key component here, but you're gonna. We about, left out a very key component. You're about to. You're about After to say After you beat the him the first time, you find this chest, and you open it up, and there's nothing in there but like a note. Yeah, and it says. I forget the text, but it says, hey, I took the item that was in here, so if you want it, you better come find me from Master and then Skull Emoji. Yep. <laughs> like, he signs his name he Master signs, He signs his Skull. name Master Skull. And so I don't know if Master Stalfos is even a canonical name for him. I can see what... I can get an opinion on that. Let's get an opinion on that. The opinion We're I'm reading... for an opinion on the canonicity of the name Master Stalfos... Zach is now yep. looking up. That yeah. seems that seems to be the canonical name. It, what's the source on that? Uh, the Japanese name is Master Stalfon, which is the oh. Japanese name for Stalfos Knights. Okay. So you could you could conjecture that it's Master Stalfos Knight, but that's a that's a mouthful. Whatever. Anyway, so uh, this guy he's a character. Yeah, he talks. He talks. When you find him again, he's like, "Hey, you're persistent. Cut that out." Um, and he and he writes. He leaves you a note. Yes. That he took the dungeon item, not telling you what it is. Oh yeah. Um, and so he, yeah, he's this agent of chaos in this dungeon to ruin what would otherwise be a very, like, good but Nor good normal, but normal yeah. dungeon. And when I when I say Catfish's Mob is my favorite dungeon, it's basically because of Master Stuffles. It's a really good gimmick. Yeah. Um, he also. I think it's worth mentioning that his sprite is really good. He's a two by two tile person, and there aren't many two by two entities uh, who like have lines. You have like Hinox and various mini bosses and bosses, and they mostly uh, roar and grumble, yeah. and that's not exciting. Um, the other thing is when you said that this dungeon has two mini bosses, and I was not sure about that. It's because I kind of don't consider Master Salfos to be the mini boss here, and he's not. I and mean, the game doesn't consider him to be either. Yeah, um, he's um, very much just kind of an element or something. Because we denote mini bosses by when you beat them, a portal to the entrance shows up, yep. and you get a fairy. Yep. And neither of that happens here. He also like almost consciously seems to understand that he's violating the structure of the dungeon. Yeah. And so I don't think of him as a mini-boss. I think of him as an interloper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the best. He's very I think good. I was saying earlier that, like, in a later episode, I would reveal who my favorite character is or something like that, and it's Master Selfos. Great. I said in an earlier episode that um, there was someone else on the island who I wanted to believe was a real person inside the dream, like Link is, uh -huh. and that who that is Master Salfos. And I also said on an earlier episode that the boss of Ancient Tomb in Oracle of Ages shouldn't have been the rock man whose name I forget. That's because it should have been Master Salfos. Oh, that I, I yeah, I see what you're going with there. Um, I don't know that he is necessarily not part of the dream, but mm. it is fun to think that he could be. Yeah, given I, the way I, he interacts with the the established stuff, but I don't know. He, well, I don't think there's anything in the text to support that. Okay, but uh, a long time ago, I 
had plans to write like a web comic or something that would be about Master Stalfos's life after uh, Link woke the windfish up, and he would be Master Stalfos. It would just what uh, what happened to Master Stalfos later? The true adventures of Master Stalfos, which only makes sense if you accept my headcanon that he's real. Okay, he's a real skeleton man. Uh, there's, there's a lot of other good puzzle elements in this dungeon. Yes. Um, you've got a one of those rooms with that is arranged. In, it's a series of four hallways. It's arranged in such a way that you have to enter different little you have offshoots. To push the block in the middle. Yeah, you push the block in the middle, and then it limits your options as far as where you want to go. Um, those are common in some Zelda games. There's some. I'm just realizing. Was there anything like that in LOZ? No, LOZ pushable blocks were very weird, weird and bad. But um, I just played through Link to the Past, and the uh, I think the only version of that kind of puzzle or room configuration is in Ice Palace. Yep, which is also where you find Stalfos. Yep, maybe that. So was... what if Catfish's Maw is Link's Awakening's version of Ice Palace? Well, I like. Catfish's Maw considerably more than I like Ice Palace, so I don't like that idea. Do you agree, though, that Key Cavern is Link's Awakening's version of Misery Mire? I guess? I don't think these make as good analogs as you think they make. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you want to do analogs, let's start talking about Ocarina Time Dungeons. Anyways, let's not do that. Let's continue talking about this episode. I'll ask you about that later. Yeah. Um, there's Oh, there's another good puzzle room where you have to defeat slimes on either side of, like, a, a oh, yeah. stone barricade. Mm-hmm. So that you either have to get... You either have to, like, go all the way around, beat the ones on the one side, and then walk all the way back around and beat the ones on the one side. Or you can push the blocks to go through? I forget. Yeah, you can push a block, which I think I only found out watching a speed run yeah it doesn't seem like that was the solution but it turns out there's a much easier solution to do it that way yeah. um, uh, i th- think that's a really cool puzzle for putting a twist on the defeat all the enemies to open the door yep puzzle it's it's a defeat all the enemies if you can get to them yeah uh the big component that we're leaving out of this dungeon is that you get the eventually when you do beat master salfos uh, you beat him the fourth time. The fourth time. You finally get the item that was under in that chest the entire time, which is the hookshot. Uh, and the hookshot is great. The hookshot is very good and is used to great effect in this dungeon. Uh, um, this was my first Zelda game, and so this was my first hookshot. And I don't know. I think there's something... The hookshot in Link's Awakening is somewhat more satisfying than the hookshot in Link to the Past. Does that sound right? It's got a much bigger hurt box. Like, yeah, especially like relative to the screen. And it feels a lot more powerful. It's a very mm-hmm. powerful hookshot as far as hookshots go. Whereas like the Link to the Past one is really like Yeah. Yeah. Um you get the hookshot, that enables you to reach a couple like chests that were on way on the other side of far pits. Uh, that you'd seen elsewhere in the dungeon. You're also able to... There's sections with, like, accordion-style bridges. Yeah, those are odd. 
that you will grab with the hookshot and pull towards you to make a bridge appear. Um, there's also one very good room uh, where you have to use the hookshot to get past a bunch of little spike traps. traps. Yeah, they're, they're, It sucks that the actual name of that enemy or trap is just trap. Right? Yeah, it's like, you know, the, it's very util, utilitarian. Um, and so, yeah, you get the hookshot that enables you to bounce around the dungeon a lot more. Uh, there's a back section that I forgot about till I was looking at the map just now where you can get a ridiculous amount of rupees oh near the entrance well there's that one and then there's the oh. one further back where there's a bunch of pits that you can't really get around till you get the uh, hook shot then you get the hook shot and you get back there and open all these chests and you can get if you do not have maxed out rupees when you get to this dungeon you can get maxed out rupees pretty quick yes which is um, useful so are you talking about uh, southeast of the third Master Salfos room? Sure, yeah, there's a chest okay. there and a chest in the one below that tile. How many rupees are in those chests? I uh, don't remember. at least 200 each. Gee, well, the, is that right? I think so. That's crazy. The one near the entrance I know has 200. Okay, maybe it's not that much, but I know there's an obscene amount of rupees in this dungeon, which yes. is very useful mm -hmm. because the mini-boss of this dungeon is Goma. Pair of Gomas. Which is a, you know, uh, uh, an old standby Zelda enemy. Yes. That requires you to shoot arrows into the Goma's eye. Did you know you can kill the Goma with the hookshot? You cannot. Are you kidding me? That's a speed run. Oh my gosh. Well, ignore everything I'm about to say then. Because <laughs> I was going to say, in order to beat the Gomas, you have to go get the bow. And the bow is an item that we previously talked about. It's available at the shop for 980 rupees which is right. which is too much money absolutely it's too much and so if you didn't have it by this point the dungeon will kind of feed your wallet in a way to allow you to go buy that to continue yeah or I you can like, just do what ryan said and just use the i've already shot. said that well okay first of all no the gomas you can kill with the hookshot which makes sense because it's the dungeon item i didn't know that uh and i didn't know that either i think that when you're a kid but you're a smart kid like us uh you see monsters with one eye and you're like oh arrows so you get arrows um but no you can kill it with a hook shot uh was there something else i wanted to say about goma they're creepy looking they're like the sprite work for these spider monsters pretty good yep um, I like how no. gomas are sometimes bugs and then sometimes crabs and then go back to being sometimes bugs. Yes. I have already said in a previous episode that I think it's stupid how the game makes you find 980 rupees to get the uh, bow. And then I, I think that like it really kind of doesn't, well, I mean, it, like, points out the problem to you by giving you all these rupees in this dungeon. Mm. Because it's like the game is saying, yeah, we know that's stupid. Uh, here, this is how you... If you were saving up rupees before now to get the uh, bow, uh, screw you. We are just giving you all the rupees you need. Uh, so I don't like that. Yeah. But... Oh, jeez, I'm always... There's always, like, a second thing I'm thinking about. Oh, That's okay. 
the reason you they give you all these rupees now is because you're going to need the boat for to get into the next dungeon after right right and so the game makes sure that you are full up on rupees before you really get to the part where you absolutely have to have it um what else is there to say about this dungeon well we've got the finale of the dungeon to go to but do we have anything to talk about before we talk about the boss uh this is the part you've got the uh seesaw platforms uh, those uh, rocks on chains that you hop from back oh, and yeah, forth. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a very Mario-esque situation. Very Mario-esque. But, like, uh, this is post-Super Mario World where those were mushrooms that you push up and down. And, of course, since this is a Zelda game instead of mushrooms, it's rocks hanging from chains in a dungeon. Yep. So I think that's really good. Um, there are... In the other side-scrolling segments, there are um, these, like, dragon heads sticking out of the wall that you can hit with your hookshot. Are those supposed to be Bowser? I guess not. I mean, in as much as any weird dragon thing is supposed to be Bowser. Sure. I guess if they were supposed to be Bowser, they would actually look like Bowser instead of just looking like dragon heads. Um, Other than that... Yeah, let's talk about the finale of the dungeon. Let's talk about Slime Eel. Slime Eel. Uh, the boss of this dungeon is Slime Eel, who you don't really see all of. It's a kind of a cool boss, unique in this game especially, that it's implied to be much bigger than it actually, like, yeah. the parts you see. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the first thing that happens when you go in there is the floor gives out in the middle of the room. And then, uh, like, a, I don't remember the exact sequence of events. And then, like, its tail pops up, and it's got, like, yeah. a spiky ball at the end of its tail that swings around the room and keeps you on your, you know, you have to keep circling around the room to stay away from the tail. And then its big, ugly face will burst out of the wall in four different spots. And, um, and I'm going to actually find a. And it makes a good rawr sound. A, a video of how this works, because I think the. The order of events is actually kind of important just because uh, the guy, the slime eel, actually talks to you. Yeah, he's got some dialogue we got to go over. And I want to, because I, I'm, I think that it actually uh, talks to you before it even shows up on the screen. Oh, I think that's correct. Okay, so here's what the slime eel. Yeah, you go into this room. It's empty. And text comes up that says, So, you are the outsider. Come to wake the wind fish. I shall eat you. And like then... Uh, the room shakes and the middle of the floor busts open. And then a tail comes out with a spike ball on the end. And then his head busts through the four walls. So it's it's so good because now you you're running around trying to escape this tail that you cannot damage yep um i like that he calls link the outsider because we've heard that before mm. uh the moldworm refers to link as outsider yeah yeah and so that kind of is a useful terminology that comes up again um okay so then there's these four holes in the room at various intervals the slime eel will come out and bite from one of those holes 
And when it does that, you have a moment where it's exposed in a way that you can shoot your hook shot at it. Yeah. You have to get like right in the middle of its mouth. Uh, and then it pulls the whole eel out. Well, it doesn't pull the whole eel out. Or it pulls like it pulls several section. sections. I yeah. love how. I guess it's just out of necessity, but so many Zelda monsters are a bunch of circles connected to each other. A circle is a good shape. And well, it's easy to animate, right? Exactly. Um, but the uh, you like you pull it out by three or four segments. And that causes the tail in the middle to retract into the floor a little bit. And uh, one of the segments has the slime eel's heart in it. Yep. <laughs> and so you uh, attack the heart with the, your sword. Stab the heck out of the heart. Uh, and also sometimes when you uh, hookshot out slime eel, it's not slime eel. It's a tiny version. Yeah, it's so weird. This boss is wild. Uh, and so you do that a bunch of times, and then you defeat the slime eel. And, and then the slime says, eel has a little little snippet at the end. Which it is says, Tisk, tisk, you don't seem to know what kind of island this is. <laughs> what a fool. <laughs> so slime eel is actually a very good character. Not as good as Master Salfos, but pretty good. Uh, he's more invested in the narrative than Master Salfos is. Yes. Master Salfos is good because he disregards the narrative for his own purposes. Mm-hmm. Slime Eel plays right into the narrative by beginning to sow doubt right. in what has been Link's goings-ons so we far. We should say, because it was not long ago that we did an episode about, like... <laughs> what the owl says after you beat level six. And so we should say, you know, for if trying to keep in our head, the actual narrative at this point, there's been no indication that Koholint Island. Well, I mean, there's been no solid indication. There might've been a couple of hints or like weird, ambiguous things that can be taken as hints. Um, If you read really deeply, this is the first time he says, you don't seem to know what kind of island this is, and you have no idea what that means. Yeah, this is the very first time this has come up. Up until this point, everything you've been doing has been according to plan. It's just like, okay, I'm on this island. I got to wake this windfish to go home. That seems great. And you've just been going along. The owl's been setting you up. Here's the next place to go. Here's the next place to go. Mm-hmm. And then you get here, and the boss is like, you don't know what's going on, man. There's things here you don't even understand. Yeah. And begins to sow that doubt that continues as we get further along can i uh as we're talking about like this dungeon kind of stepping things up do you think that this dungeon is bigger and more complicated than the other ones before it uh yes with the possible exception of key cavern but key cavern is not bigger it's just got more parts if that makes sense yeah, I, I guess Key Cavern um, might be more dungeon, but it's so like tightly and it's obviously very tight. structured. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That it, it, you know, it's not like tougher than no, no. Catfish is small by any means. So it's I tough. think that this represents a definite step up as we enter the back half of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this is the first like intense dungeon. Going from here, the dungeons get really big. Yeah. 
Let's see. You beat Slime Meal. You claim your instrument of the sirens. The wind That's marimba. The wind marimba. And uh, the cutting room floor will tell you that at some point in development, it was cymbals instead of a marimba. Oh, that's boring. Yeah. I'm glad they changed it because marimba is a cool instrument. Yeah. Um, I think that's all we have to say. That's all I have to say. I think that's all we have to uh, say. This is yeah. a good dungeon. This is the best dungeon. It is the best dungeon. I'll have to actually and, uh, rank my you... dungeons here eventually. If you think that it's not the best dungeon, uh, you can fight us. Yep. We're available for fights during office hours. <laughs> uh, that reminds me, actually, because we talked about it, on Twitter. I did my hashtag dungeon rank and you haven't done yours yet. Well, but for our posterity's sake, I'm going to tell people what my hashtag dungeon rank is on the podcast. Okay. Okay. Number eight, Bottle Grotto. Number seven, Angler's Tunnel. Number six, Key Cavern. Number five, Face Shrine. Number four, Tail Cave. I should say number four and number five are basically a tie. Number three, Eagle's Tower. Number two, Turtle Rock. And number one is Catfish's Maw. I have mine here that I haven't finalized yet, but I could say it and then. Yeah, if you if you end up finalizing it and changing it, we can just update people on the later episode. But what what is your hashtag dungeon rank? My hashtag dungeon rank that I I will post it to Twitter before this episode airs. Oh sure. Uh, I have number eight, face shrine. Mm-hmm. Number seven, key cavern. Number six, turtle rock. Number five, Bottle Grotto. Number four, Angler's Tunnel. Number three, Eagle's Tower. Number two, Tail Cave. And number one, Catfish's Maw. Now, yes? Don't ask me anything about the reasoning behind those, because I don't remember. This is what I decided. (laughs) This this was my gut check. I just said, okay, first first instant go. And that's what I ended up with, so... Well, I refuse uh, to I refuse to explain myself any further. Sure. And I'm very excited to talk about Turtle Rock. I am very excited. Turtle Rock's cool. I'm not saying these are, these, these are all They're all good. Set. They're all good. I dungeons. don't actively dislike any of them. I maybe face shrine. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk find out what your problem with face shrine is. All right, well, this is not the podcast for face shrine. That that'll yeah, be no. sometime from now. And you know what? This, I think, was already the longest episode ever before we started doing our hashtag dungeon ranks. So, um, we should probably stop the Catfish's Maw episode. All right. Episode. Um, and, uh... Let's do an easy one tomorrow. Tomorrow, let's do something small to... Let's do I-10. I-10? As a palate cleanser. All right.